You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. feel like who art ed. I'm trying to spice it. Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, weekly art history for all ages. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today I want to talk about one of the most famous paintings of the Impressionist movement, Paris Street Rainy Day by Gustave Caillebat. When I was at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, I remember an assignment to write an essay about Gustave Caillebat. The assignment asked me to consider why Paris Street Rainy Day was so prominently hung in the Impressionist wing of the museum. At first, it seemed obvious. It was prominently hung because it was such a famous Impressionist painting. But when you think about it, it's not entirely obvious that this particular work was destined to become a famous Impressionist painting. For one, Impressionists are probably best known for their loose brushwork, that painterly style that reminds us paint is not only a noun, but a verb. In looking at the works of famous Impressionists like Monet and Renoir, I see evidence of the process of creation all over the surface. But Calibat's style was more in line with traditional methods. He was a more meticulous painter who learned the craft at the École des Beaux-Arts. Of course, he wasn't born in Beaux-Arts. Gustave Caillebat grew up in an upper-class family. It wasn't an artistic family, though. His father, Marshall Caillebat, was a judge, but also the founding partner in a very successful textile business. They supplied bedding for the military. Now, the family lived in Paris, but in Gustav's teen years, they spent summers on their large property about 12 miles to the south. As a kid, he enjoyed painting and drawing, but in 1868, he earned a law degree. He was a lawyer and an engineer, but shortly after completing that education, he was drafted to fight in the Franco-Prussian War for about a year in 1870. After returning from his military service, he began to study painting. By all accounts, he picked it up very quickly. I personally attribute this to his background in law and engineering. While these fields seem really different on first glance, lawyers and engineers are very methodical, systematic thinkers. 
Great artists don't simply sit around waiting for inspiration to strike. They study their craft and develop strategies to render any number of subjects. One of the things that helps an artist to become famous is they develop a distinctive style, which again, seems like it would be intuitive and based on an artist's unique vision and inspiration, but really artists develop their signature style by studying art history, learning the approaches that have worked, and then taking elements of a variety of different approaches and synthesizing, combining them to develop something that seems new and different. This is fairly easy to see in the work of a lot of contemporary artists, like, say, Ramiro Berteau. He combines elements of pop art and cubism. He uses bright, flat colors, simplified shapes, fragmentation, heavy black outlines, all in his schema's sort of recipe for his style. Now, back to the Impressionists. Many of the most famous Impressionists focused on light and color. They used the visible brushstrokes to make the work feel quick and spontaneous, as well as allowing more experimentation with optics and how we perceive color. Of course, while the daubs of color may be the most obvious characteristic common to the movement, it wasn't the entirety of the movement. The Impressionists initially called themselves independent artists. They were working outside of the establishments of Beaux-Arts and the Paris Salon. They were reevaluating the purpose of art, experimenting with different methods, and tackling new subjects in the modern industrial age. Now, early on in my education, I was taught that Impressionist paintings are still very popular because the art is apolitical. It's just flowers and landscapes, people at leisure and soft focus, and while there may be some truth to that, the Impressionist shift to focus on the ordinary was actually quite bold and revolutionary. In an era where the most prized works were monumental pieces focusing on historical figures, the elites, kings, queens, dukes and duchesses, religious leaders... Stuff like that. The Impressionists said they were more interested in capturing the laborers scraping their floors. One of Kalebat's first major works was literally a painting of people scraping the wood to refinish a floor. Today, it's considered a masterpiece. It hangs in the Musée d'Orsay. But when it was painted in 1875, it was controversial. There were ideas of what labor was acceptable to portray in art. Images of farmers working the fields felt a part of a tradition, but labor associated with modern cities was considered crass. By focusing on images pulled from daily life, Impressionists were questioning the traditional hierarchy. There was a battle over whether art should reflect the ideals of those with money and power, or whether it should reflect the reality experienced by the masses. Gustave Kalebat occupied an interesting space as he was born wealthy. He inherited a fortune when his father passed away in 1874. He had the luxury of being able to paint what he wanted without need to worry about what would sell. Interestingly, this is probably the reason that Kayabat did not achieve the level of 
fame and stature that a lot of the other impressionists like Monet and Renoir did. Caillebat wasn't selling his work. He was just painting what he wanted and held on to it for most of his life. Now, he attended the first Impressionist exhibition in 1874. He didn't show his work there, but that painting of the floor scrapers from 1875 was considered vulgar by critics and rejected by the Paris Salon. But he was able to show that work in the second Impressionist exhibition in 1876. I bring up the critics and the shows because I think it gets back to Kalibat's significance in the movement. The Impressionists had great ideas and tremendous talent, but ideas and talent won't pay the bills. When Kalibat joined the movement, he not only learned from other painters, he supported them. And I don't mean that in just the sense of like a good friend who engaged with them intellectually, being emotionally supportive and all of that, which is wonderful. And I'm sure he did that. But also, he financially supported a good number of the Impressionists. He bought the paintings of Degas, Renoir, Monet, Pissarro. He even paid the rent for Monet's studio for some time. Now, if I might return to that initial question about why Paris Street Rainy Day is prominently displayed and so famous among Impressionist works, I think part of it is Caillebat's significance as a figure who supported the movement during a critical time. I also think it's just a really strong painting that brings together a lot of things. It was painted in 1877 and feels like a snapshot capturing a moment as people walk through the cities. I mean, the figure in the bottom right corner is even sort of cropped the way we might see in a traditional photograph. We have figures running off the edge of the picture plane. Now, Gustav Kalibat was actually really interested in photography, a relatively new medium in that day. And his younger brother was a photographer as well. As always, I feel a need to bring up the fact that photography really came about in the middle of the 19th century whenever I'm talking about Impressionism, because I believe part of the reason that most Impressionists focused on color was because it gave them a way to compete with photography. At the time, photography was limited. It was just black and white. And of course, this work has a muted color scheme. It's not so much capturing the bright colors that we might associate with a lot of others in that movement. But it does capture something else that the cameras really weren't up to in that day. Early photography was a longer process. As I said in my episode about the world's first photobomb, an early photo of city streets would capture the buildings, but people would tend to be lost as they weren't still for long enough to be captured on film. Kayabat's Paris Street shows us people walking the streets, moving in different directions, seemingly on a collision course with one another. It gives us that snapshot of figures in motion that a camera wouldn't be able to capture until about a decade later. The mid to late 19th century wasn't just a time of upheaval in the arts. It was also the time of the Industrial Revolution. Paris 
was becoming more a modern city with bigger buildings being made of steel, glass, concrete. The period from 1853 to 1870 in particular saw a massive change in the architecture of Paris as Baron Haussmann built roads and buildings that transformed the capital city from an old medieval center to a modern city. When Kayabat was a kid, the area shown in this painting, Paris Street Rainy Day, it would have been a hill just outside of the city. And now we see it developed with neoclassical buildings several stories high. In the late 19th century, a 10-story building would have been considered a skyscraper. The architecture in Paris Street Rainy Day may feel charmingly vintage to today's audiences, but... These buildings were fresh and modern to Kaibat, whose work was largely about modern living. I also just love the buildings in this work because I feel like that's where I see the engineering background come through, with his use of linear perspective defining the space. In his sketches for the work, he first planned out the buildings and the streets without any people. Then, he populated the city with numerous figures not only appropriately proportioned for the space, but we see further evidence of the influence of photography and the slight blurring of some figures. Similar to a camera's focus and depth of field, we see some aspects sharply defined, and as we get further from that focal point, things become a little hazier, the lines a little less crisp. It's a really remarkable achievement when you consider that he was working from observation of life rather than a photographic reference. Paris Street Rainy Day is like a candid photo capturing a moment that feels mundane, but it actually reveals quite a bit. We see how people traveled through the streets, the architecture springing up as the city grew, but we also get insights into the artist. He loved the philosophy of the bold new artists of his day, but he filtered those ideas through his own lens. He maintained some traditional methods, emphasizing lines more than most of his contemporaries, but he also enthusiastically embraced new ideas and new technology like the camera. With Paris Street Rainy Day, Kayabat brought all of the elements together, and he did it in a way It just works compositionally. I mean, if I ignored the backstory and just looked at this work through that formalist lens, considering the arrangement of all of the elements, the figures in the bottom right corner have the great visual weight because of their dark clothing, but also the umbrellas make them larger within the composition. The relative lightness of the sky and the light reflected off the water on the cobblestone street creates contrast with all of the people and carriages distributed throughout the space for just a pleasing balance also. The architecture and the street itself create pathways leading the eye around the composition. The repetition of colors on buildings and clothing, really everywhere, and the fact that it's all sort of muted, really unifies the piece. While Gustav Kalibat may not be a household name today, he was critical in the development of the most popular painting movement in Western art history, and Paris Street Rainy Day became one of the most famous works of that movement, because no matter what you look for in a work of art, 
this painting has something for you to appreciate. Now, if you want to learn more about Impressionism, photography, or some of the other artists mentioned in this episode, check out the links in the show notes. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to leave a rating review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and of course on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.